to the podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. Before we dig into this episode, I just want to remind you that longtime listeners will already be familiar with the nonprofit organization Pride and Less Prejudice. If that is a new name to you, you might want to go back um, through these episodes until you find one of the conversations with Lisa Foreman, one of the co-founders of that nonprofit. But I also just want to give you a heads up that inside their free newsletter, they are about to make some pretty important upcoming announcements. So the link to learn more about them and to subscribe to their free newsletter will be over there in the show notes. And I want to remind you that part of that partnership has been through the work that I do with Shifting Schools. We have a brand new self-paced course on media literacy and inclusion. So if you are interested in exploring that overlap and that intersection, the link to that course is in the show notes. The course is on sale now for 25 US dollars. With every purchase that is made, we donate $10 to the fine folks at Pride and Less Prejudice to ensure that the important and urgent work that they are doing continues and thrives. So on with today's conversation. I am so excited to have Narissa Trindad on the show. They're going to talk to us all about the work that they do to help foster storytelling and to help really see and inspire the storyteller inside of all of us. Enjoy our episode. Well, Trish, uh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It is absolutely lovely to chat with you. Um, to tell you a bit about my story, let me take you on a little bit of a journey because when you meet me today, you meet somebody who is confident, somebody who is comfortable in their own skin and living congruently as who they were always meant to be. And what I'm so proud of is that I get to wake up and look in the mirror and say, I am enough. And, you know, that I can proudly say now that I, I love myself and, and all of me. And the things that I do today are coaching and empowering people to live out their possibility and live in purpose. Because for me, my life wasn't always like this. You see, I, I grew up in India uh, back in the 1980s. And growing up there, I was told that everything about me was wrong. The way I walked, the way I stood, the way I dressed, my hair, my accessories, I was told it was all wrong. And because I was seen as being different. And because of that, I was bullied at school, I was misunderstood at home, and I was basically made to fit into this box and into this mold that I just didn't fit. And the more I was made to fit into that, the more I lost my self-worth, my identity, my authenticity, my confidence, my self-belief. And I started living a life that was a really shelled version of myself. And the way that that started playing out was through a series of failure. I failed at school, failed in university, failed in relationships, failed in life. And I felt like, you know, I had become that failure. Like I had become that narrative that everybody wanted me to be that good Indian Christian girl. And, you know, people would tell me, I, like I had somebody drill into me that I would never be anything, never do anything, never achieve anything. And that became my narrative because, you know, we have, a tendency to live based on other people's limiting beliefs. You know, we live based on what other people think of us rather than what we are truly capable of. And that became my life. And 
it was in that moment of you know deep dark failure that I realized that that was not going to be my story and the only person who could change that story who could change that narrative who could take me out from where I was and take me to where I needed to be was me but I couldn't take a step where I am now I had to take a step where I was then and you know my first step was like a step out in faith like I didn't even know where I was leaping where I was jumping where it would lead um, you know there have been moments when I've had to take steps out of my comfort zone step into fear step into what possibility and purpose life had for me even when I didn't see the whole path but it's in doing that and taking those little steps every day continuing to show up in life no matter what it threw at me that it's allowed me to learn to grow to live authentically as myself and when I was able to do that I saw doors open for me that I didn't dream possible. I saw my career take off in a way that I didn't think possible. I regained my confidence, my self-belief, and basically created this person that you know is sitting in front of you now. And having been on that journey, this that is why I'm so passionate about doing what I do today, which is to you know empower people, which is to you know encourage people to live out their purpose and to step into their own possibility and allow those doors to open for them. And when I hear today from my clients and they say, you know, this has been, you know, the work you do has been life-changing and thank you for inspiring me and for, you know, showing me what is possible. Then I realized, you know, like that was because I didn't choose to sit by the side and I did say yes to me. And that's now completely changed my life. And I get to live a life today where, you know, I get to wake up every day and speak to lovely people like you and, you know, do the work that I do today in, in speaking and coaching and writing. Um, and it just is incredible now. Like my life today is so far different from from what it was. And um, yeah, if you want to find out, if you want to find out more about me, um, NarissaTrindad.com um, or connect with me on socials, just look up Narissa Trindad and we can connect and chat more. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I have so much admiration whenever people share about the journey that they've gone through and how, as you describe it, you're not coming out on the other side and just sort of selfishly thinking about, okay, now what can I do next? But you really are thinking about how can I help others? How can I, you know, I've, I've made it through this milestone. How can I not only be looking ahead, but how am I looking back and seeing where are other folks who might need my support? And one way in which you, you sort of offer that pathway to others is your Speak for Impact program. And I'm hoping um, you can tell us a little bit more about that program um, and also perhaps tell us a little bit more about the origin story. I think some of the seeds um, you've, you've maybe detailed a little bit, but I'm, I'm guessing there's much more to how Speak for Impact came to be. Uh, thank you. Yeah, Speak for Impact is a, is a program that I run which helps raise diverse voices, uh, share stories and impact lives. And it came about from that similar grassroots and from that similar journey that I've been on, because through what I shared with you and, and the life that, you know, I was forced to live um, in losing all of the stuff that I did lose, I also lost my voice and my confidence. And, you know, I was that kid who sat in the back of the classroom, unable to read. You know, I, I, in India, we have this thing where teachers would come in and they'd pick people up to read in class. And... I would, I would just dread having my name called out because I was so self-conscious about what other people would think of me and that that fear and terror would just fill me up. And 
uh, I'd pick up the book to read and the words on the page would just jump off. I'd be, you know, my, my knees would be physically knocking, my chest would start pounding and I'd be like, no. And the moment I opened my mouth, like words wouldn't come out. It just wouldn't come out. And that fear of like being able to, you know, open my mouth, share my story, just even speak in public, it was so daunting. And it became this huge limiting belief that I carried with me in life. And it, you know, it stayed with me in school. It then went to college, university, it got on a plane from India and it moved to Australia with me. And it came, you know, into the workplace. And I was showing up at work where again, I was a person that sat there you know, having ideas in my head, knowing the answer to a question in the meeting. I was so scared to put up my hand and, and speak. And every time I'd open my mouth to do that, just nothing would come out. But I realized then that, you know, I too have a story. I too have a message that the world needs to hear. Even if it was to only impact one person, you know, one child to know that they were uniquely made, that it was okay to be different. If it was one parent or one teacher's conversation that I could change or just even impact one other person in the world who could then go on and impact somebody else, then my story was worth sharing. And I remember sitting in the back of meeting rooms and you know, listening to presentations where I'd see people you know, walk up on stage and do these things and just speak so confidently. I'd be like, how do they do that? And I'm so scared of this. Um, but it was when I realized that you know, not everybody's born with this unique talent of just getting up and speaking. And just like everything else in life, public speaking, sharing stories, connecting with your audience is everything that can be learned. We can all learn these skills. So then that's when like I immersed myself into this journey and this is this pathway to mastery of going, you know, I'm going to learn from the best and the best in the business. And I'm going to you know, see what they have to offer and how can I build myself up to do this thing that I've always wanted to do, but I've been so terrified to do it. And when I learned how to do it and when I saw, okay, now that I can actually share my story, the possibilities that that has opened up for me, I thought, wow, this is incredible. Like more people need to be doing that. And that is how uh, Speak for Impact was born, which was a program to say, you know, no matter what your story has been up until now, no matter, you know, because 75% of the population have a fear of speaking in public. Mm -hmm. And when we start layering that over, you know, intersectionality and the different minorities that people sit across, you know, that is bound to increase. But when we can find ways to allow people to share their story, to tap into that, you know, diversity of voice and thought, that is when we have the ability to completely impact lives and transform lives. And that is what Speak for Impact does. It gives people the tools, the techniques to speak confidently, to connect with their audience and to leave a lasting impression every time they speak. But it also gives people the tool to not stand in their story, but to stand on their story and how to use it and share it. And um, yeah, that, that's what it's called. I run a program now. Uh, we're actually kicking off the next program very soon, um, end of this week or early next week. And yep, I take people on a, on a journey of actually discovering the tools and techniques to do that. 
And, uh, you know, I know that some folks will be listening to this and they might be thinking, oh, okay, I'm not, I might not meet that deadline, you know, a few days away, but if they wanted to have you come in and work, you know, the majority of the listeners, of course, to this podcast are in K-12 education. Could you talk a little right. bit about how um, Speak for Impact might come into um, like a school ecosystem? Absolutely. So the, the program I, t I told you that I run, that's for individuals, but I am also completely open to working with schools, which is your main audience here. Um, so that if there are educators out there, if there are people in schools going, you know, how can we bring you in and, and run a program that absolutely open to doing that? We can run the program over two days. We can look at how best to run it in each school, because again, each school might be slightly different. Um, running it for each age group might be different. We can absolutely, I'm open to having conversations with people around that, but what it will give is not just the um, people attending it. So you can, the program can be run for educators in how to then work with children, but it can also be run for the children. So it's kind of twofold. So the educators get the learning that they can then impart into their students and as their teachers well, but they can also bring students into it as well and have the twofold learning. I, I love that. And, you know, that connects with a former guest of the show. She's a head of school out of Helsinki, Kathleen Nagley. Um, she talks to aspiring leaders in education all the time about, you know, you have to know what your leadership story is. Why are you interested in it? What was, you know, one of the moments that really galvanized your passion? And, um, you know, it's interesting because I think sometimes educators are so busy, they're not often given that time and space to be asked, you know, share your story with me. And, Nurse, I really love how you even framed impact and that it doesn't always have to be, you know, a stadium full of thousands of people just talking about, you know, how one person who really hears you and, and understands your story, that too is impact. So, um, you know, again, thank you so much for framing it that way. Um, and of course, aside from your passion for storytelling, presentation, public speaking, you're also a best-selling author. Um, and I would love to just hear from you, you know, you have to have routines for your writing and I'm wondering what they might have in common with the work that you do as a coach. Uh, you know, again, you do so many different things. So, I mean, for example, how does connecting with a reader present similar or dissimilar challenges to connecting with an audience for a keynote? Yeah, great, great question. Look, Trisha, they're, they're both really similar. If we go back to the crux of it, like both are about storytelling. Both are about bringing the listeners or the readers on a journey. And, you know, whether that's fiction, nonfiction, whether it's self-help, it's all taking people on a journey of, you know, whether it's, it's the character's journey or a personal journey of where people started from and then where they're going to go applying certain tools, techniques, changes, you know, adventures, so to speak. And when we think about that in terms of speaking and writing, it's absolutely the same. It's just one is, you know, it's just different modalities of doing it. But in essence, we're still giving people that. It's ensuring that we'll leave the audience feeling something. Like it's about thinking, what do I want my listeners or my readers to think, feel, and do after they've heard me speak or after they've read the story? And when we tell story, when we bring people on that journey, the important thing that we've got to understand is how does the audience find themselves in our story? Because if we're just telling story in a way that it's just all about us, then the person reading it might go, oh yeah, that inspires me, but how do I connect? Where does it relate? So 
when we're speaking, and, and I often tell my clients this as well, is that we've got to speak with the audience in mind. Like, yes, you want to share your story, but ultimately when you leave, what do you want them to think, feel, and do differently once you've left? And really starting from the why. You know, why are we doing what we're doing? And then driving it there. In terms of routines, um, I had to be very disciplined. Like at least when I wrote my first book, Growing Through, back and it released in 2020, I did the entire process in 90 days. So wow. writing, editing, launching, publishing, everything. And I was on such a strict deadline that there are 12 chapter, chapters in the book. And I was doing a chapter a weekend because I would do the chapter and send it off to the editor. So I literally wrote the book in about between 12 to 20 days. And it was very much speaking because I, I am a speaker. I would just pick up my phone, put it on record and speak the way that I, you know, in terms of what I wanted to share. And then I would get that transcribed and then I'd start writing um, and, you know, bringing bits in because it is very different when you speak and when you write. Now, I write the way I speak. So when you read my books, it's very conversational. You feel like you're sitting on the other side and, you know, we're, we're having a drink and having a fireside chat. But often people, when they write, they write differently to how they speak. So when you get something that you've spoken, transcribed, and you start writing it, there's often like a different level of thought that goes in. And that's been really interesting uh, to see in the way that I write. But I've actually had to really structure in and put in place days where I say, I am writing and this is what I'm doing. And I'm sure for some writers, they go, I have to wait for the inspiration. So I can't make it routine. But for me, if it's not in the diary, if it's not scheduled in, it doesn't get done. So I've always had to go, okay, I have to, you know, pop time into my schedule to actually go away and write. That's uh, that's really fascinating, and congratulations on on doing that in that timeline. I mean, sometimes it's sort of um, with certain tasks they take as long as we give ourselves. So maybe um, you know sometimes that pressure can be a good <laughs> motivator. Um, as we were mentioning earlier, you know, again, the audience of this show primarily K twelve educators. For listeners who are thinking, you know, I really want to set up my scholars to start to imagine what my foundation of presentation skills is. I want to. You know, again, you you kind of embarked on that journey on your own and you just wanted to educate yourself for educators who are also hoping to inspire future storytellers. Um, what recommendations might you have? Look, I think that the, the biggest thing, firstly, is just allowing and celebrating the individual for who they are. Because, you know, I know a lot has changed, but when I went to school back in the day, um, it was very much you had to be a certain way. And anybody that didn't fit that mold, that didn't fit that box, was then not celebrated. Actually, it was, you know, life was really hard then for anybody that didn't fit, um, you know, that kind of stereotypical norm. And even though things have progressed still, there is still an expectation through school of what a student or an individual would do. And it's about, in the, for me, I feel it's about as early as possible, understanding and demonstrating and putting in places policies and techniques and the way that we teach people to know that each individual is different. Their journey is different. How they show up is going to be different. Their learning styles are different. Everything is unique. And the more that we can cater for that individuality and let people shine in the way that they are, 
that is what is going to drive the best storytellers and the and incredible minds into the future because it's going to cultivate and build people's self-esteem to know hey i'm comfortable in who i am i don't need to change me to fit into what society wants me to be so i think that is first and foremost the, the most important thing but then also giving people the, the tools and skills that allow them to shine in that way um you know often when we go into presentations or we go into speaking there's so much uh focus driven on what we say rather than how we say it and yes what we say is important but now in the world that we're living in in this you know digital age of how we engage and connect with people it's so much driven by connection and you've got to be able to grab someone's attention you've got to be able to you know say what you need to say but say it in a way that it's going to land with the audience and i think that's the shift that needs to happen because for a long time it's been let's focus on what you're going to say and now we've got to go into how we're going to say it but the essence of that is around storytelling and that is what is going to set people apart from each other because story is something that is unique to an individual we might have similar journeys we might have similar experiences but our true story is unique and when people start sharing from that point that is what allows people to connect at a different level because people see themselves and identify themselves in your story and when that happens story can can impact lives change life open doors that we can't at the moment see even so really encouraging people to share stories to own their own story be comfortable in it but then giving them the tools to share it will really enable people to deliver amazing presentations and become incredible people. I'm wondering if you have any sort of storytellers who were critical in terms of you finding your voice, finding your style, or, you know, as sort of mentors, you're thinking, I will always make time to listen, um, you know, or, or, or just be an audience for this particular storyteller. Could you point us maybe to somebody who's been influential? Yeah, well, it started for me at, at at home. You know, when I think about growing up, it was my my grandmother. You know, she would always sit us down and she'd always tell us stories about her past, about you know what had happened. Even if she was trying to give us like some kind of life lesson, it was very much around a story. And when I think about and and that's what drives me about story because I go back to thinking, you know, when we were kids. And people wanted to entertain us. You know, back in those days, there was no iPads and video games and all of that. People would sit us down and tell us a story. You know, if you think back to ancient times and in, in villages and stuff, they'd have a storyteller that would sit under a tree and people would gather and they'd share story. So if I think about who inspires me now to tell story uh, would be my current coach, uh, Lisa Nichols. And she is a phenomenal speaker, storyteller, transformational uh, coach. And listening to the way she tells story completely just inspires me. And, and I find myself like, like she's talking to me. And, you know, when I, when I speak to people, that's what I want to get out to people is even when we're speaking to big groups, you know, hundreds, thousands of people, we want to talk to the individual. And uh, that is what is so incredible. And I'm, I'm actually, I just thought of it as you, as you say that I'm actually going to be in the US um, in September and October. So if anybody does want to connect and do some in-person um, workshops and in-person things, then yes, please feel free to contact me. My email is on the website and I would love to um, come and connect and have that experience both in-person and uh, virtually as well. 
Fantastic. And again, we will make sure that um, your your website is linked in the show notes, as is your LinkedIn, your Instagram. You do have a variety of services that you offer. Um, again, might you just kind of give us the 101 of upcoming opportunities that folks might want to check out in terms of learning further with you? Cool. Well, I um, I'm open to working with individuals, organizations, educational um, institutions as well to bring me in to work with students, to work with educators from keynotes to presentations to facilitating workshops. Um, I have a framework that is called the Anyone is Anything is Possible framework, which takes people on a journey of self-discovery and what it means to be true and stand in your own truth and authenticity and live that life out by being yourself, believing in yourself and backing yourself. And I run a workshop around that as well. So not only is in speaking, but it's also very much in allowing people, empowering people and giving them the tools and skills to live their next best version of themselves, to live a life of possibility and purpose. So if it's doing a keynote, sitting on a panel, coming in to run a workshop, to facilitate a workshop, to run a specific program that is tailored for your organization and your institution, then please feel free to get in touch with me. I would love to speak with you um, and see how I can help. If there's a way to get my books, if someone want to read um, my story, then I would love to connect as well uh, in a way that you know we can share stories and inspire more lives. Great. Thank you again so much. Listeners, if you want to, if you are not yet familiar with today's guest and you want to familiarize yourself, uh, again, it, it's it's wonderful connect to connect with you. And I've, I've seen some of your talks and presentations. So, um, you know, I would highly recommend listeners, if you have not yet had a moment to check out the speaker reel that is on your homepage, uh, I really do think that helps almost uh, visualize what you're talking about when you're talking about really elevating yourself as a storyteller who connects with individuals in the audience. Thank you so much for your time. Again, lots of links over there in the show notes um, and uh, would love to talk to you again in the future about, about the work that you do. I think that um, everyone does have a story to share and I think the way in which you're amplifying that message is is really beautiful. So thank you for doing that. Thank you, Trisha. It's been an absolute, absolute pleasure to uh, talk with you and your audience today. And I look forward to engaging in many different ways going forward. Listeners, thank you for giving us your time today. Just to close off the episode, a reminder that the free Mind the Gap event is just weeks away. So stick with us for a moment to learn a bit more about that. Mind the Gap is a free online conference on LGBTQIA research. Over two days, postgraduate researchers and community organizers from around the world present on the work that they do in a variety of disciplines, from looking at LGBTQIA education, to media representation, to innovative and creative ways of community building. Participation as an audience member is completely free and open to people outside of academia as well. For more information, contact the organizers on at MTG Conference on Twitter and Instagram. See our show notes for more.